Soon, John 5, soon another feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate. In Jerusalem, there was a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda. The five alcoves, hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed, were there in the alcoves. One man had been an invalid there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew, notice this, and knew how long he had been there. He knows our condition. And he's not worried about it. He's not, he's not intimidated by it. He's not, he's not judging you. He knows how long you've been in that thing. All right, got one amen over here. Thank you. That day happened to be, uh, excuse me, he, he saw how long he had uh, been there. Verse 6 says, Jesus went to him and said, do you want to get well? The sick man said, sir, the water, when it's stirred, I have no one to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, someone else is already in. Jesus says, get up, take your bed, start walking. And the man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and he walked off. That day happened to be the Sabbath. So the Jews stopped the healed man and said, it's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bed around. It's against the rules. (laughs) And life is all about breaking the right rules. But he told them, the man who made me well told me. He told me to. I had to. He told me to. He told me, take your bedroll, start walking. (laughs) So I did. So we're in the last week. We're in, we've been in five weeks of this series called Cycles. This is our last week. And I want to preach today from the subject, how to break a cycle. How, just how to, preacher, just give me some, give me some tools today. Just how do I break, I got some stuff in my life and I'm done. I want out. Help me. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to be very practical today. Uh, but I believe that there's also going to be faith in the room to really believe for some supernatural freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you're going to speak to us by your word. Your word is spirit and your word is life. Your word has power to heal and power to deliver. You sent your word and you healed us, delivered us from all destruction. Your word does not return unto you void, but it accomplishes everything you set it out to do. So speak, Lord. We're listening. Thank you for one word from God that can change our life forever. We give you the glory in advance that you're going to speak now. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen and amen. I want to just give you five things really quick. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty practical with you, but I want to help you. And, um, and I, want to, I, want to, I want to give you some tools today that are going to help you. Number one, the, the first way to break a cycle. Preacher, how do I break a cycle in my life, a cycle of sin, a cycle that's a stronghold, a secret, an issue, a a deep-rooted belief system in my life that I need to get free from? How do I do it? Number one, you must be convinced that Jesus wants to set you free. Can I get an amen from somebody? You got to be convinced. You got to be convinced that, that the cycle you're in was not sent by God. You got to be convinced that the cycle you're in is not the judgment of God. You've got to be convinced that the issue that you're dealing with is, is not God's disappointment with you, but that Jesus wants to set you free. John 8, 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. This is the plan and the purpose of Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 
Well, what are the works of the devil? According to John 10, 10, the works of the devil are to steal, kill, and destroy. So Jesus came to destroy anything that's trying to destroy you. Jesus came to destroy anything that's trying to steal from you. Jesus came to destroy anything that's trying to kill you, that's trying to take from you. He is a thief. The devil is a thief thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So he's come to destroy the power of Satan in your life. I know that's old school preaching. I'm talking about the devil. I know some of y'all don't believe in him because you're so smart. But I'm telling you, the devil is after your life. He's after your family. He's after your finances. He's after your future. He's after your destiny. He's trying to take from you. But Jesus is trying to give to you. And he's trying to stop anything that's trying to stop you. Came to destroy the works of the devil. And I love this scene in John 5. Hundreds, the Bible said, of sick. Hundreds of lame. Hundreds of broken. Hundreds of sinners, hundreds of people with issues. Man, I love it because it reminds me of City Light Church. I'm just so glad that we don't come in here all perfect. Oh, praise the Lord. God is so good. Hallelujah. Never dealt with anything, never sinned, never even thought of it, never even been tempted. Praise God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Praise God. No, no, no. We all got issues. This is a picture of what church should look like. Hundreds of people, thousands of people, a whole bunch of people coming together, needing the person of Jesus, needing the work of Jesus, needing a word from Jesus. I love that Jesus gets right in the middle of it. He wasn't turned off by the issues. He wasn't offended by their condition. He got right in the middle of it. You know, every week about 15 people give their life to Christ at this church every week. I'd love to see that double. I'd love to see it triple. I'd love to see that quadruple. Yes. I, I can't wait for the day. Like, there's a, a dear friend in South Africa. His name is Pastor At Bashev, where they see over 1,500 people every Sunday come to Christ. Wow. It's the largest church in South Africa, and they're reaching hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And every week, over 1,500 people give their life. I can't wait for that day at City Light. I believe we're going to go there one day in Jesus' name. I believe this is going to be a house of hope, a city on a hill where... Thousands and thousands and thank you for your enthusiasm. Thousands of people are going to be able to come to this house, not in this building because we've already outgrown it, but God's going to give us something in Jesus' name that's going to be able to house that. And I love that right, right in the middle of it, Jesus is there. And every week, Jesus is meeting people, saving people, giving people a second chance, giving people a new beginning. And I want to see that number grow, but that number will only grow when we're first convinced that Jesus wants to help us. And number two, when we're convinced that Jesus wants to help other people. I just want you to, I want to remind you that this is the one I'm preaching about. This is the one we're singing to. The one that we were just singing to, the, the spirit of the Lord is here. He's drawn to the broken. You want, you, don't want to, you want to know why the Holy Spirit's here? The Holy Spirit's here because you jacked up. Well, I thought he wouldn't, he wouldn't get close if I messed up. No, he wouldn't be close to anybody. He said he's near to the brokenhearted. Why can we say the Holy Spirit's here? Because we have it all together? No, because we don't. And he's drawn to our weakness. He's drawn to our issues. And he wants to get involved. He loves the hurting. He loves the confused. He loves the broken. He wants to help them. But we got to be convinced in our heart that Jesus still is in the saving business. 
That Jesus is still setting people free, that Jesus is still restoring people, that Jesus is still healing and helping and delivering people. This is our Jesus. This is the one we sing to, and this is the one I preach, and this is the one that this whole church is all about. In case you uh, got it twisted, this, this church is not about city light. It's not about city light worship. It's not about Pastor Jabin. It's not about whatever great preacher we bring in, and we're very spoiled because we get the greatest preachers, just like Robbie last week. I mean, dear Jesus, what a, what a preacher, we're, and we're very spoiled, but let me just remind you, this is all about Jesus. This is about Jesus, and this is the Jesus that we preach. Jesus, our healer. Jesus, our way maker. Jesus, our deliverer. Jesus, our restorer. Jesus, our liberator. This is our Jesus. And we got to be convinced today, friend, that he wants to set us free. But number two, how do I break a cycle? You got to believe that nothing is impossible. Let me just remind you, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Nothing is impossible. Maybe you haven't heard it in a long time. Let me remind you, nothing is impossible. But, but Homie had been sick for 38 years. And, and we're, here's where the devil wants us. He wants us to believe that maybe God could have done something in our life, but now it's too late. <laughs> like, man, maybe if, maybe if you would have started coming 10 years ago, maybe God could have worked on this. Maybe if you would have started working on your marriage 15 years ago, maybe there would be hope. Maybe if you would have talked to someone last year, maybe you would have been free. This, this 38 years, the, the greatest lie of the enemy that I believe, that we believe so many times is that we actually believe things are permanent. It's just, it's what it's always been. But Hebrews 12 tells us that we are a part of an unshakable kingdom. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. <laughs> so, that cycle is not the kingdom, and that means it can be shaken. That issue is not the kingdom. That means it can be, that sickness is not the kingdom. That means that God can shake that thing, heal that thing, deliver that thing, work on that thing. You don't have to live with that thing forever. It's not permanent. I know it's been a long time, but it's not permanent. He said it like this, Matthew 19, 26, all things are possible. And if all things are possible, then nothing is impossible. Oh, but preacher, you don't get it. It's been this way for so long. But preacher, you don't get it. This has been in my family for generations. But preacher, this has always been my struggle. But Jabin, come on. This is Vegas. Like this might work in Dallas, bro. But we in Vegas. Jabin, this is 2018. Your preaching is a little old school. We're, we've, we've become a lot smarter. I watched a five-minute YouTube video of Richard Dawkins, and I've been very enlightened. And now, oh, stop it. Dumb, dumb. But Jabin, my last, my last pastor told me, well, Jabin, my last church told me, well, Jabin, the preacher on TV told me, no, 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 I've just, I've just come to tell you what God told, what, what God told you. <laughs> nothing is impossible. And nothing is permanent. And God can do a great work in your life. And you don't have to live with that cycle forever. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you just got to believe it today. That, that thing doesn't have to hold on to you. Forever, even if it's been 38 years, Jeremiah 32, 17. 
The Bible says this, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. With an outstretched arm. Wow. This is our God. I know it's been 38 years. I know it's been a long fight. I know the journey has not been easy. I know, your, I know your faith might be weak right now, but please don't give up. Please don't quit. Please don't give in. Please don't believe the lie of the enemy. Nothing is impossible. Jesus is here and anything is possible. Jesus is here and nothing is impossible. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Number three, number three. You got to stop making excuses. <laughs> so let me keep it real for a second. He's got to stop making excuses. Jesus goes, hey, you want to get better? And he goes, I ain't got nobody to help me. (laughs) Listen to me, friend. There will always be an excuse. Period. Whatever's going on in your life, there will always be an excuse. There will always be a reason and there will always be an excuse to stay where you are. And by the way, excuses empower cycles. Mm -hmm. Every time you make an excuse, you give that cycle a protein shake. (laughs) Every time you make an excuse, you 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 give that cycle some creatine. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. It was a thing in high school. Hey, bro, you on creatine? Yeah, bro. We're like 15 taking creatine. What were we thinking? <laughs> Y'all even know about creatine? This is old. Okay, stop, stop, stop. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Excuses empower cycles. You're going to have to stop making excuses. And you're going to have to take some responsibility. And as long as an excuse is in your mouth, a cycle will be in your heart. You cannot break the cycle in your heart till you stop the excuses in your mouth. But you don't know how I was raised. But my daddy hit me. Well, but my, but my, but my dad didn't love me. Well, but I didn't have a dad. Well, well, my dad was there, but he wasn't nice enough to me. We can all make excuses. We all got issues. Well, I was born on this side of the tracks. Well, I had a bad teacher. Well, this happened. Listen, we can all go back to a point of pain and make that the foundation of our life. And we could all do it. We could all do it. Or we could take this book and say, this is my foundation. And I refuse to let the pain define me. There will always be someone to blame. For why you are where you are. Well, if that person wouldn't have introduced me to drugs. Well, if my buddy wouldn't have showed me porn as a kid. Well, if my dad wouldn't have hit me. Well, if I wouldn't have been abused. Listen, we all have them. And they're actually, they're real. I'm not making light of it. This, this guy was an invalid. He could not move. He could not get in the water without help. It was a real excuse. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying, if you empower that thing, you will be bound to it. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not even trying to get an amen. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but, I'm, I'm, but I am trying to be bold enough to say, 
that thing will always be there. There will always be a reason you can't. There will always be a crisis available to raise the stress to make you want to go back. <laughs> like, if, if you've got an anger issue, I promise the devil will throw a dum-dum around you that's just going to get that blood pressure rolling. <laughs> Listen, there will, there will always be an issue. There will always be a pastor to blame. Well, well, you know, a lot of y'all love me. You just don't trust me because you haven't forgiven him or him or him or I don't know where they are, but they around here somewhere in town. <laughs> and, you, and you love me, but you don't trust me yet. But, but actually, it's not even that you don't trust me. It's that you haven't forgiven them. So when you, see, when, you, when you see me, you love me till I say something they said. I'm trying to preach, right? I'm trying to help somebody. So you, you love me until I remind you of past pain. But I'm not them. I don't want to be them. But sometimes because we preach from the same book, we end up saying the same things. But it doesn't mean we have the same spirit. I'm not saying I'm better. No, don't say <laughs> Who said that? You don't have to tie for the rest of the year. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There will always be a church that hurt you. There will, always, there will always be stress in your life around that'll rise. And by the way, never forget this. And this, I hope this will actually encourage you. Every time stress rises, your flesh will crave the cycle. And see, y'all think I must not be delivered yet. I must not really love Jesus because I'm still craving that. No, 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 it's your flesh. And it's distress. Like, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I, if I did sin last week in Maui. I don't remember when I did it. Like, I was in Maui. Come on, somebody. I was just hanging with my wife, holding my baby, walking on the beach. There was no stress. Y'all know what I'm saying? I didn't get angry. I didn't lust. I didn't, I didn't, I was just, man, we're just, all the, we're just hanging out. But boy, you get back in the real world. It's like, oh, there, oh, there you are. There's my flesh. Hey, okay. I'm still a human. You, don't be discouraged by it. Just recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, I'm stressed and I want to go to the casino. Because yeah. it's my place. Uh -huh. Oh, I'm stressed and I want to go to the strip club. Because that's my thing. Uh, not me, but <laughs> you're like, <laughs> the preacher? No, no, but I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I'm stressed and I want to, I want to go to Lee's. And I want to, yeah, shopping. I want to go shopping. <laughs> oh, I'm stressed and the Krispy Kreme light is on. And I'm stressed. It's, it's, my, my husband isn't acting up, but the pressure of life's hitting me and I want to get. My wife isn't. It's not that. It's not her. It's, it's me. And, and then you can recognize and go, okay, I'm not a bad person. I'm not evil. I'm not less saved than I was on Sunday. 
but my flesh is craving the cycle. There's the guy in the Bible, we call him Doubting Thomas. That word Thomas means twin. Twin. Anybody else got a twin? <laughs> and you come into church, I love you, Jesus. And then you get in the car and your twin starts talking. <laughs> Because you got this new nature in Christ. I'm a new creation. Behold, all things have been made new. I'm brand new in Christ. God is my father. Jesus is my older brother. The Holy Spirit is my guide. The word of God is my source. I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm blood bought, fire baptized, water baptized, baptized in every baptism. I mean, I'm, I love Jesus. But then your twin shows up. Because the stress hits, and he goes, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> What's going on? A <laughs> little bit stressed? Let's freak out. <laughs> Let's scream at your wife. <laughs> Haven't used the F word in a few days. Go for it. <laughs> Tough day at the job? Let's go to the bar. <laughs> Am I helping anybody? We all got a Thomas. I'm not making light of it. I'm telling you, there will always be an excuse to go, Thomas, take over. But you got this other brother. Romans 8 says Jesus is our elder brother. So you're going to listen to your twin brother, Thomas. You're going to listen to your older brother, Jesus. But you're going to have to make the decision to say, no more excuses. No more excuses in my mouth. No more cycles in my heart. And the Bible said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says that his grace is sufficient. That his power is made perfect in my weakness. So instead of giving God excuses, let's start giving God our struggles. Let's start getting real. Let's start talking. And let's stop just making an excuse for everything we do. And let's say, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm ready for freedom. Number Four, number four, you got to get up. Like you eventually got to do something. <laughs> like you're not going to, yeah, get up. I heard it too and I was trying to ignore it, but I was thinking of James Brown too. Like I wish I could say there's one key to freedom from cycles, the anointing of oil. Come forward and I'll pray for you. I wish that was it. I wish we could just do that. Just a Hyundai Shundai prayer. You fall out. Person throws a blanket over you. I wish it was that easy. I wish it was that easy. And I'm all about falling down. I don't care. I'm a Pentecostal. But I, but I care more about what you do when you get back up. What? <laughs> Some people are real offended. We don't have an altar up here. Where's the altar? Some of you are going, oh, yeah. Thank you, Jay. But now I have another reason to be offended. Thank you. No, no. Because there are churches that will teach you how to fall at an altar. They won't teach you how to stand on Monday. All right. I got a truth from Cheryl, so I know I'm preaching the God's word. You got to get up. James chapter 2, verse 26, faith without works is dead. 
So let me give you a big word. You probably haven't heard it in church in a few years, but let me give it to you. It's in the Bible. It's called obedience. And here's, here's, all, here, here's obedience in a nutshell. It's saying yes to Jesus. Let's practice real quick. Everyone say yes. yes. One more time. Come on, say yes. Yeah. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's what happened in John chapter 2. Mary told the servants, he's about to give you some instructions. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Jesus said, go fill those water pots. So they did. That's all obedience is. And by the way, obedience gets easier as you practice it. <laughs> there will come a day that it's, it will actually become easier to obey than to disobey. Because disobedience, it's going to come with the shame, and it's going to come with the emotions, and it's going to come with the guilt. And when you miss it, and when you disobey, you, you hate how you feel. It's what the, the Bible calls godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And you don't want to feel that sorrow, so you'd rather just obey. And by the way, obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice, First Samuel said. What, what does that mean? It means that we're not walking around gritting our teeth, obeying. It's not a sacrifice. It's, it's this unforced rhythm of grace, of obedience. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'll say yes. Jesus, tell me what to do. I'll say yes. I read it in the word. I'll obey. Still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to me right here. I'll obey. I get that. I get that that thing in my gut, and I obey it. And it gets easier and easier. You start by obeying little things, and then you can start obeying big things. And you start with little decisions. You start making big decisions. It's obedience. Jesus said, man, you're going to have to get up, dude. You're going to have to do something. For some of you to break a cycle, you're going to have to get a plan. Like, how are you going to stay free? How are you going to stay free? What, what, what are you going to do? You, you're going to have to get some accountability in your life. You're going to have to talk to some people. Yeah. You're going to have to get a friend. You're going to have to be able to call someone. Who are you going to call when you're tempted? Who are you going to text when you're struggling? Who are you going to reach out to in your darkest moments? I'm telling you, if you, if you really want to get free, you're going to have to get a get-up plan. You're going to have to get some parameters in your life that are going to help shape you. You're going to have to get some truth tellers in your life that can tell you the truth. You're going to have to get some trusted friends that can help pray you through when you don't have enough faith to pray. Yeah. But you can't get up. I promise you, you don't have to stay down forever. But, it, but it's going to take faith. And it's going to take some grit and it's going to take some guts. And it's going to take some humility. And it's, it's, going to take, it's going to take some new responsibility. See, because the moment this guy got healed, he could no longer beg. The moment he got healed, he was going to have to work again. The moment he got healed, he could no longer make the excuse. So I said this on our first week, and I'll say it again. Freedom is not always easier, but it is better. It's not always easier at first, but it is better. And sometimes when you really go, okay, I'm all in for Christ, and then you start feeling resistance, and you go, it was easier before I really said yes. Well, of course it was, because you were going in the same direction as the devil.
if I catch a football and the end zone's over there, I'm going to have to face the defense. But if I catch that football and I start running towards the wrong side, I ain't going to get hit. And some of you have been running with the devil for so long that you haven't felt that tension, that fight, that struggle. And now you're starting to go down the line. You're starting to serve God. You're starting to walk with God. You're going, I'm getting hit. I'm getting tackled. I'm under attack. What's wrong? What did I do wrong? It was easier. It was easier, but it wasn't better. There's no reward going that way. And by the way, the resistance you're feeling is actually the gates of hell. Matthew 16 said the gates of hell will not prevail. That means the church is moving forward and hell's doing everything it can to stop you. But I got good news for you. It won't prevail. So yeah, you're taking some hits. Yeah, you're facing some new things. Yeah, there's a new training involved. Yeah, there's some new, there's some new um, uncomfortable situations. You're having to learn how to not just blow up on your family. You're having to learn how to not just gossip. You're having to learn how to be a celebrator, not a hater. You're having to learn how to look at a beautiful woman and not just. There's a way to just go, she's pretty, but I'm saved and I'm called. And that's not worth it. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> just don't stare at the cheeks. Amen. Just, just. But you got to learn this stuff. This is, I know I'm being so practical, but this is so real life. This is so real life. And eventually you're going to you're gonna have to move your legs. You're going to you're gonna have to get up. Lastly, not everyone, the keys can come. Not everyone is going to like you free. <laughs> nope. All the, all the seasoned saints who've been saved for a while, you know this to be true. You've had to live some of this. They said this, you can't carry your bed. It's against the rules. Let me tell you right now, we're in a world that has some rules. And when I say the world, I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about the political party you hate. I'm just talking about, but there are rules. The, our, the world system has rules. Rules like be tolerant or else. That's a rule. Don't judge or else. That sounds like a judgment. <laughs> There's some rules. And they're okay as long as you're playing by their rules. When you get saved, you start playing by kingdom rules, not by the world's rules. And it's amazing that no one cared when you were bound. Do you remember when Jesus, he, uh, maybe you've never heard the story. There's this story where Jesus goes to this place called the Gadarenes. There's a demon-possessed guy there. They literally don't know what to do that with him, so they bind him in chains and throw him in a cemetery. Forget about him. Jesus sets him free and heals him. And as soon as he gets free, he runs back into town. He goes, guys, I've been set free. The town freaks out, runs to Jesus and says, get out of here. They were comfortable with him bound. 
but they didn't like him free. And there are some people who, who like you bound because they can control you. But they don't like you free. Man, I feel like shouting and I'm trying to keep it together right now. But they don't like when you find your own identity in Christ and you really know who you are because then they can't control you anymore. And they go, that's against the rules. Isn't it amazing for some of you, you know, b- before you met Christ, every Friday night you're out at the club. Faithful. Faithful. Every Friday. Every Friday. Faithful. Every Saturday morning, go to the day club. Faithful. And you never had a friend go, hey man, it's been, it's been eight Fridays in a row. I don't want you to get burnt out. I just found out, I mean, I don't know, I shouldn't say this kind of stuff, but I just found out some of our volunteers only serve once a month. Well, be careful, I don't even know if you serve, but I'm just saying, I'm like, I don't know who, I don't know who's saying it, but I'm just saying, I'm like, we got people serving once, what? No, I ain't going to acquiesce to the world. We got to serve at least twice a month. I, I was just telling our team that. Sorry, if, if you're in here and you're uncomfortable, I'm sorry, I don't even know. I was just, I was just hearing this this week, you know, and I'm going, but well, we don't want to burn anyone out. Well, the club isn't saying that. You don't go to the club and order a bottle service, an $800 bottle of tequila that you could buy for $40. i am not saying you should go buy the $40 one. I'm just saying, you don't, you don't have the girl go up to you and go, hey, we, that's a lot of money. Are you sure about this? We don't... Can you afford it? We don't want to burn you out. We know you've been really, we know you've been coming a lot every week. And then we get into church. Well, I can serve every 17 weeks. So I don't want to burn out. And, and, and your friends say, you were at church in the morning and you're coming back at night? The preacher has a Sunday night church. Does he not know his football season? What's up with that preacher anyway? What what are they doing with that money? You know, the church just wants your money. The church just wants your money. $20 to go watch a movie? $5,000 for a bucket of popcorn? (laughs) Maybe not $5,000. Yeah, the church just wants your money. church just wants your Ah, right, church, that preacher just wants you. Have you seen the car he drives? Church just wants you. Because <laughs> there's rules, y'all. And they didn't care when you were destroying your life. But now you're trying to be a man of God. Now you're trying to be a woman of God. Now you're trying to get your life together. And all of a sudden they go, you can't break these rules. And you're going to have to graciously and lovingly hold that mat. And they go, why are you doing that? And you're going to have to look back and we go, because Jesus told me to. Why are you tithing? Because he told me to. 
Why would you serve? Why would you go help kids? Because he told me to. Why would you go park cars in Vegas, 115 degrees in the summer? Do they even pay you? But he told me to. And I refuse. I refuse to apologize from this stage. just refuse I just refuse it's not gonna do it because this is real life and don't and, and and the people who are concerned for you I actually think they love you but so it's not about that it's not that they're ah they're terrible it's just it's just but he told me to he told me to give to that building campaign he told me to support that preacher. And he told me to stay married to that woman. And he told me to raise my kids in the house of God. And he told me to serve. And obedience isn't an option. Because he told me. I just want to tell you why I'm pastoring City Light Church. I, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it because I need interaction. I'm not... I'm genuinely doing it. People ask me all the time, why Vegas, why Vegas, why Vegas, why Vegas, why Vegas? Genuine, I, I promise you. Because he told me. Because in May 2016, my wife and I were driving down the 15. We were driving to Vegas for a vacation. Behold was playing on the radio. I'll never forget. Oh, it's a worship song. As we start turning the corner and you see the Luxor, Y'all know, coming from California. And you see the, the M Resort. And you see the city and tears start falling down my face. Shannon goes, is God talking to you? I said, yeah. That's why we're here. Because he told me to. Not everyone was crazy about that. He told me to. We thought we were going to Scottsdale. But he didn't tell me Scottsdale. We thought maybe Denver, but he didn't tell me Denver. We're thinking about Austin. He didn't tell me Austin. And I don't get to go to God with my plans. Because I'm not Lord. He tells me what to do. And I know the joy on this side of it, I know the joy of obedience. That's why I can preach this stuff. And not everyone will understand it. And some people might not even like it. But I know I'm getting somebody. I know I'm helping somebody. I got like three amens. I know I'm helping somebody. Because <gasps> I know this is the best way. It's not always the easier way. It's the better way. It's the God way. It's the kingdom way. A beautiful life. It's a life of adventure. It's a life of Holy Spirit. What are we going to do today? It's a life of God. Whatever you want to do, it's yours. It's a life of not being closed off. Mine, mine, mine. But God, together we're going to do something great. It's super fun. Not everyone will understand it, but you just got to have to hold that thing and say, but God told me. 
And I believe if we hang out long enough, this freedom that I've experienced, you'll experience it too. So I'm not going to give up on you. Don't give up on me.